In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. One of the very popular things today within the Christian church at large is to talk about you and your relationship toward God. And many times you'll hear a lot of teachers and preachers today talk about you and your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Christ certainly has died for you. He has lived out his entire life for you. And he gives everything that he has personally to you. But the problem with that same type of language is that it doesn't necessarily talk about the body, the community of believers at large. Everything today is about what you personally are doing and being and interacting with. I mean, outside of the church, we even talk about this today. What makes you individually you? What makes you personally you? Well, I like the Razorbacks. I like to fish. I like to go up to my house on the river. I like to look at the fall foliage up by mountain home up in the mountains. I have a bunch of different things that I individually and personally like to do, and you might look at those things and say, I don't find interest in any of those things. Why am I getting so involved with this talk about the personal relationship with Christ today? It's because you see what happens today in our gospel reading, what happens when Jesus interacts with somebody personally. This man is a deaf man. He's also mute. He has a hard time speaking. He cannot hear. And you'll notice what happens. This man doesn't come to Jesus by himself, but his friends bring him. That should show us something right there about the individuality maybe not being so personable or so, so important, but the collective of us coming together, bringing people to Jesus. Now you might say, well, I, I can bring people to church, Pastor, and they're probably not going to understand everything because we're not like a, a lot of churches today and they're probably going to be confused. But here's the thing. That's okay. That's okay. Because when we come into this place, it's not about you or me and how much we can try to encourage and make these people experience God somehow. It's about them coming into the presence of Jesus so that he may speak his word to all. Yes, individually. Yes, personally. But yet also as the body of believers. So this man's friends bring him to Jesus. They brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment and you'll notice here what his friends do. They pray. They beg to have this man have his hands, Jesus' hands laid onto him. Once again, another great picture here of the body of Christ doing things for the community, the body of Christ. Maybe you have some people that you would like to see here, and maybe they're looking at you and saying, Get lost. I don't want anything to do with your church. That does not mean that you still cannot pray for them. Pray on their behalf. Pray that God alone would be the one who would work faith when and where he pleases with them. It's a wonderful image of the church today. It's a wonderful image that we see over and over throughout the scriptures. 
Philip goes and sees Nathanael. And Nathanael is sitting there and Philip says, Hey, come and see, we have found the Christ. We found the Messiah. And Nathanael says, Well, who is this? It's Jesus of Nazareth. And you remember what Nathanael says? How can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was a dump. It was a terrible place to be associated with. But Philip nonetheless says, come and see. And so when Philip brings Nathanael to Jesus, Jesus takes over. And Nathanael sees the one who has come to redeem the life of the world. It's personal, but it's also part of our community. So even with this man today, he can't hear, he can't speak, he can't even tell Jesus what he would like to have Jesus do. He can't hear Jesus. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. What in the world is Jesus going to do today? And this is where we see the personal side of Jesus coming into play. I want you to think about what happens here next. Taking this man aside privately, personally, he puts his fingers into his ears. How many of you would do that? Ooh, gross. I can grow more hair in my ears than on my head. All right, it's one of those things that you stay away from. He puts his fingers into his ears and he spits. And after spitting, what does he do? He takes his same fingers and touches the man's tongue. This is really getting disgusting. This is getting gross. And looking up from, to heaven, Jesus sighs. Now, this is not sort of this sigh that's sort of like, <sighs> well, here we are again. This is a sigh of compassion, of love, of empathy, and of sympathy. This is a sigh where Jesus is embracing the brokenness of this man. Not only the physical brokenness of his deaf ears and his mute mouth, but also his sin. And Jesus then speaks the word, Ephatha, that is, be open. The man's ears are opened, his tongue is released, and he speaks and hears plainly. And we all sit there and look at this and say, Hallelujah, thanks be to God. We may go running around and saying there's a healer that we have in our midst. This is a wonderful thing. Let's line everybody else up to see what he can do for you. But that's where the personal side of this Savior stops. Notice what Jesus says. He charges them to tell no one. But the more he charges them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. Now you might say, well, what's the deal here, Pastor? Jesus does not want to simply be known as the one who brings this sort of physical healing. Think about that for a moment today. If God somehow gave me the power to heal the mute and the deaf, what will we be having here? We'd have people lined up, probably from the Arkansas School of the Deaf, coming here 
to have me place my fingers in their ears and to place my fingers on their tongue and to sigh and pray Ephatha and now all of a sudden they can hear and they can speak and everybody, it's miraculous, it's amazing. But what gets buried in the midst of all of this? The reason why he came. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. This is where the personal savior aspect of things, this is where what he has personally done for you in a sense, falls off track for what it is that we are all about. Some of you have experienced miraculous healing. Some of you have experienced miraculous physical healing all at the hands of God through surgeons, medicines, surgeries, doctors, nurses, whatever else it is. And some of us maybe have not experienced those things. Some of us might look at this and say, well, I drink my tea every day and I take my vitamins and I didn't get the COVID, at least not yet, and I've made it this far in life by doing these things and these things always every day. We can't look at these things in our life personally and say that we've all been on the same track physically. We've all experienced different physical impalements, We've all experienced different things emotionally, mentally. We've all experienced various kinds of addictions and other things throughout our lives that are completely different than the rest of, it, of you. And if this is all about how God has personally worked for you and for me, we're all going to look at each other and say, well, now this person over here, God has truly blessed because they went through 18 surgeries and 16 bouts of chemo and all of these other things and God still has them alive today and all I've had is a cold which I survived just as well. This is what the church and the Christian faith is really all about. It's not about God personally working in and through you. It is. But it's not solely about that. This is not us today sitting here saying, is he truly, really your personal savior? Yes, he is. In baptism, he has called you by name. Individually, you have been called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light of Christ. But he has also called you to be the body, the many members forming the one body of Christ. So that whether you have mountains and mountains of insurance bills and doctor bills or whether you're looking at this and saying I have skated through life physically without a whole lot of problems you are still part of the one body and that is why Jesus would rather us come together today around the things that he blesses and gives to us one of the things that the ancient church used to do, and including even Luther, and you're going to see this change the next time we have a baptism, was Luther and the ancient church would say these words, Ephatha, be opened to the candidate being baptized. It was this idea of being opened to the Holy Spirit. Ephatha, be opened, let the word of God dwell richly in you who are about to be baptized. Epitha, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Jesus comes to you and to me personally 
in the gifts of water in baptism. He touches our forehead and our hearts, marking us with the cross of Christ, the redeeming one who has crucified us and buried us and raised us with Christ. He has personally touched our heads, maybe even the entirety of our body, with the waters of holy baptism, being opened and renewed and restored, not just in the day of your baptism, but every day that we live out our baptism, daily confessing our sins, daily confessing our brokenness, daily confessing our need for Him to apply His mercy and His grace to us personally for the things that we have done, but also daily praying for the community of broken and fellow sinners at this place. Today, Jesus will come to you once again, and the world might look at this and say, this doesn't make any sense with the sacrament of the altar. It's a little piece of bread that sticks to the roof of your mouth. It's a little sip of wine. But according to the word of God and by the power of the word of God, it is Jesus touching your tongue with himself, giving you his forgiveness, life, and salvation through his body and blood. Jesus becoming one with you personally at the altar rail, but also as a community partaking of this meal together. And this is where we find strength and the means to continue on as a church, as a body of believers, no matter how far we have strayed, no matter what we have done in thoughts, words, and deeds, no matter how unchristian we have acted at times, God brings us back together at this place and tells us once again, be opened. Be opened by the forgiveness of sins. Be opened as you live out your life as a child of God in your baptism. Be opened, for I have died and risen for you, and I am the one who has given my life up for you. Be open in a world full of confusion. Jesus is Lord. He gives you the faith to speak this, to believe that he has truly raised you and me personally from the dead to the glory of the Father, but he also gives us our lips and our mouths and the words to speak as a congregation. Faith comes through hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Be open, dear saints in Christ. You have once again heard of the marvelous works of God in your presence today. You have been given faith to go out and live and speak clearly, pointing to him who gives you all things with his blessings of gifts, give blessings and gifts of life and salvation forever and ever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.